The Intermediate Line advises a language and concept warning for the entire show. The Intermediate Line is brought to you by NervousWater.com. Thomas and Thomas Fly Rods, Shilton Reels and Corland Fly Lines. Power Pole. Total Boat Control. Ketta Fly Apparel. From time on the water to you. Beast Brushes. We stay in our lane of experience to improve your experience. Devil Buttons made me forget his name. You know that don't worry uh, about it. Swallows the Goal? Swallows the Goal. I don't even know what the fuck that is. It sounds like some gay porn to me. Anyway, Rob, let's... Robert um, Frank. What? Frank Paul. Oh, that, that guy. Oh, don't worry. Keep going. Robert Frank. Robert Frank. Is yeah. that Ann's dad? Yeah. No, no. This guy can talk. Keep going. Okay. Sick, dude. <laughs> anyway, welcome back to the show, folks. Here we are with another Intermediate Line podcast. Intermediate at the moment, you be the judge at the end, whether it's floating or fast sinking, but we're here anyway. How are you feeling, Volts? Mate, I'm excited to be back after my week in the sin bin. Um, really? People aren't going to believe. Yeah, people aren't going to believe what happened to me. So, um, yeah, do you want to hear or not? What do you mean? They're not going to believe what happened. I-, I gave them the full rundown on the last show. Yeah, I know, but I don't think anyone bought that story, mate. I think was there complications with the laser process? <laughs> yeah, that, look, did you, did yeah. you not wear the goggles or something, or uh, look, there was a third degree burn. Let's just say that in an embarrassing <laughs> area. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, because they uh, they thought they're going to need two or three lasers to, to clean it up, mm. and um, they brought in they brought in the Hubble telescope and. Um, Bam, you know, yeah, they, uh, they turned turned up the gain to max, and yeah, now I'm uh, walking funny. Yeah, right. Interesting. They brought in the Hubble telescope, but that's interesting. Uh, is that because they were looking at Uranus? <laughs> this is this is very. This has gone south. Let's pick this up. Let's pick this up. Let's pick this up. Uh, this yeah. is very lowbrow. We're a fly fishing podcast, and synonymous yeah. fly fishing is upper class enchilance and um, a high standard. And we're dragging it down. Let's strike Uranus from the record. Well, uh, yeah, let's do that. Um, and let let the record actually show that we strive for excellence on the water. Um, yes. And on or off the water, but, you know, well, we can't be excellent everywhere. So we choose to be excellent on the water. Let's put maybe. it this way. We're excellent at showing up. Let's put it that way. Yeah, yeah. We show up to the water and we just let the gods decide how the day is going to go. Yep. Yeah, you get us fortnightly whether you like it or not. We get better by showing up for such a long time. Yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And that, that concludes tonight's advice, folks. Just show up. <laughs> Just show up. Show up for everything. Show up for your fly tying. Show up for your casting. Show up for the boat ramp. Show up don't for your stop. missus. Show up for your kids. Look, you this know? podcast is a shining example of just just keep going. Show up for your mates. <laughs> just keep going. Anyway, yeah, Shop thoroughly enjoying it. 
Uh, mate, I'm I'm really sorry to hear that. Um, yeah, you you uh you know you had that prior arrangement engagement rather, and um, and it's sad to hear that um you won't be able to make. It. I wish you were there, mate. It was it was um it was pretty cool, mate, for last week's podcast at least, or even um even being in the land of the long white cloud. I can mate, I heaven. Sorry, mate. Well, you can see why what. They call it slice. Fun fact, mate. One morning we were driving with New Zealand. We we're driving to the boat ramp. We we're getting fuel, and I asked Gian and Dustin, "Do you guys know who Dave Dobbin is?" Neither <laughs> of them knew. I couldn't believe it. I was in he's a car. With hey? He's literally the best musician to have come out of New Zealand. You know, he sings than... that national anthem, bro. Yeah, he's better than the Finn brothers. Better than Russell Crowe. Well, they're Australian. Uh, are they? Well, we, we claim, claim anyway. We claim them. Margaret Ehrlich is another proud New Zealander, Australiander. Actually, they can have Russell Crowe back. Yeah. <laughs> hey, here's a general uh, general music trivia quiz. I know Cordy would get this one, but what uh, what was the name of Russell Crowe's band? Thirty odd foot of grunt. Holy shit! You got almost got it right. Thirty odd foot of grunts. Grunts is it? Yeah. 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 Anyway. You know, the only reason I know that is because it's a friends or so- friends or rom song talking about. 30 odd foot of grunt grunts now i know and how mm. fucking shit it is <laughs> and well, i won't be remembered for his musical prowess will he you know? no i would take the word of friends or rom over maximus every single day of the week <laughs> you know uh friends or rom i consider to be geniuses hey in fact it's one of my favorite songs from friends or rom oh yeah, man there's so, no need to um, flex you're a white colonist mate it um it's uh <laughs> literally <laughs> Hey? <laughs> we'll be down at the Eaton's Hill Tavern for their next concert, mate. It'll be great. Fantastic. Yeah. And what's the new album called again? Sorry. Just to, just to remind me. Yeah. Big pardon? Yeah. Mastodon. Yep. <laughs> another another metal band that Valtteri's learned of just by hanging around people who listen to other things than B105. Fantastic, Valt. <laughs> 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 if, you ever, if you ever get i tell you folks if you ever get a chance to talk to um to talk to Volti's wife about his uh prior music interests it's really interesting <laughs> yeah i don't even know where this is going but so, anyway. i mean i'm just going to end it there because you know what your actions reflect on me and and even i can't stoop that low yeah all right well let, let's pick it back up at dave dobbin and gian and just dustin had not heard of of dave dobbin no had not heard of it really take wow. of that what you will if you plan on yeah. traveling to the land of the long, long white cloud or the slice of heaven known as unzud uh-huh. I, I assimilated yep. pretty seamlessly into the into the local dialect um <laughs> when i was here i found myself at the shops asking for all sorts of nicknicks and uh and uh, and no one blunked an eyelid at what I was saying. Right. Hey, um, one thing that didn't come across in that uh, in that um, in that podcast was: Did you find yourself a bakery over there? Oh, <laughs> good question. Good question, Volta. I actually yeah. didn't even think of it, and that would have been a great spin-off. That would have been the Fonzie Fiveway of that trip, man. I forgot about it completely. Yeah, man. Like you could have. Really missed opportunity. You could have picked up like a, a pavlova, or a, a you know a donut, a pie. I don't know what pie. Probably a lamb pie over there. Maybe even a cream pie. I don't know. But uh, um, I, I actually had, of... I did have some exotic foods. I learned what borobosh, borobosh was. 
which is a um uh it's translate in in afrikaan as um as a uh, farmer's sausage <laughs> really <laughs> yeah yeah right is that the big coil looking thing like yeah that's it yeah, yeah right, yeah, Bort- right. That's- Borobosh, i think that's how it's pronounced and how, how do you spell that Bora Bosch. B O E R W something. O R S. Don't know. Don't know, yeah. mate. Don't know. Tasted bloody nice. Wow, and though. did you enjoy it? Yeah, it was, did, it was did nice. You, it was good. How much of the farmer's sausage did you eat? It was, it's pretty uh, big. Isn't I, it? I shared it. Shared it with others. Mm-hmm. It's just, a, it's a quite a large coil. Uh, yeah. Of, of pretty Bora spicy, Bosch. isn't it? Loaded with uh, different flavors. It is. Yeah. I guess yeah. traditionally it's done with uh, lamb's intestine, uh, sheep intestine, and um, and all the uh, all the sweet bread from from the um, from the farm. Is it sweet, sweet bread? bread. They call it the, the the innards, you know, all the, the organs and shit. Wow, really good for yeah. you. I bet. I mean, isn't that what the liver king ate? Something like that. Uh, yeah, that that yeah. and about two grand worth of roids a week, I think. <laughs> Five grand of roids he was taking a week, eh? Was he? Yeah, yeah five, five grand. Deepest mm. grievous, man. Yeah, US, mate. You know, in yeah. Australia, I don't even know what that would work out to, but yeah. So it, it, that was unfortunate timing that he came out because you were just about to bring yourself as the shoulder king, weren't you? Over here. And uh, no roids. <laughs> there were po- people were holding pictures up of you against Ray Price from the 80s Parramatta side. Just. Um, Side by side comparisons. Go on, look at the shoulders on this guy. And then the Liver King came you know out and just destroyed your whole franchise. <laughs> you know, uh, it's funny you should bring up Ray Price uh, in the 80s because that was the last time Parramatta won a premiership. All you para fans <laughs> out there. Uh, yeah, yeah, well, yeah, it's actually yeah. probably a good thing. Uh, uh, that's, not, that's not true. Anyway, look, we're losing them, mate. We're losing them. Let's bring the show back to fly fishing. Yep. Um, On topic, yeah. yeah. Did you listen to the show, mate? Did you? Yeah, I've I've got through a, a large proportion of it, mate. Um, That's impressive. Can we, can we talk seriously now? Because I I was really interested to hear this. You know, like naturally, I was bummed that I wasn't able to go. Uh, for people like we 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 turned off the bullshit here. I, I, my work has just gone crazy lately. Um, I've been you know uh, I've had probably one day off in the last last month really. Um, mm. um, and foolishly, I've agreed to to coach sporting teams on the weekends too so even that's sort of uh, per, you know curtailing my my uh, time there but it's a price i have to pay right now um it's okay jeff bennett yeah <laughs> yeah yeah dolan will be coming for me for advice oh come on mate oh. let's let's st- let's keep it all in house yeah, tonight sure 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 mm. anyway so um <laughs> i feel terrible now yeah so we got um uh i felt bad but I was really interested to see once I once I put aside, um, you know, my disappointment and, and probably a, a small dose of envy too. And I want to thank Gian and um, Dustin for showing you a really good time. I mean, it sounds like you saw some really special things there. Um, could I ask you, Chris, like just as a, like a, a post sort of um, post trip analysis? What you know, what was probably, you know, the top top three things you saw like fishing wise over there? Like what what was what's going to stick with you? The, oh, for sure, the free swimming kingfish. Like, yeah, uh, yeah. Ray riders are cool, hundred percent. And you, you know, I'd fish them all day. I mean, it's still every part of sight fishing for sure. But um, yeah, the the free swimming fish are just 
they're a challenging fish, man. Like they I, I, I think I said it in the podcast. I, I went over there thinking, and please forgive me, people are going to be offended with this. I don't mean to offend anyone, but I've caught kingfish in Queensland, and they're not, they're not much of a challenge. You know, they're schooling fish. They're busting up like a school of little tuna, and you chuck a surf candy in there, and they eat. You know, or they're on a beacon. You get the fly close enough if you haven't spooked them, and and um, and they eat. You know, uh, yeah. in fact. Uh, a friend of mine, I asked, if, I'll, I'll tell you this story, the premise, what I'm about to say. And I told Gian and, and these guys that because I was blown away at how challenging it was because there was a time I was out fishing at Malulabar with a friend and I said, hey, we should just go pull a couple of kings off the marker. And he goes, have you caught kings before? I said, no, I haven't, but I've heard they're there. I'd be keen to just, you know, tick that one off the species list, you know. And he goes, I'll show you something. And we get out there and he backs the boat up, like up to the marker, like about six feet away from the marker, puts a gap in the water, starts shaking it. These rat kings come off the marker and, and he just he just hooks one with the gaff and he goes, You still want to catch it? I'm like, nah, let's go. <laughs> so 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 uh, look, I've caught him in the washes around the headlands in uh, um in on the Sunshine Coast and things like that and um and schools and like I said. Uh, but it was nothing like I've experienced before. And those those fish that are even on the rays, like they're um, I don't know if they're pressured or, or what have you. I believe there's a you know, there's quite a decent population of locals that that exploit that particularly the flats that are closer to the main town uh which is where most of the rays were seen by us um but those the 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 free swimmers like the packs of one or two that are on a mission that's that is that is was synonymous with with any of the hardest flats fishing i can think of in my entire life and that was definitely something that will stick with me forever you know i don't know if you got up to that point uh, i couldn't keep one buttoned up uh, it was hard to even tempt them to eat, and the, and the one that I did pin, surprisingly, like I mean, John is very conservative. He must get he must get so caned from people over there. Like I mean, and and I mean, anyone in the fishing industry who chooses to stick their head up without without um without the assistance of the existing hierarchy is going to get smashed. So he's quite mindful of that, and he's right. very conservative in his in his approach to calling things out or whatever. You know, doesn't try to make things excitable, yep. but I will. Uh, yeah. I, I got no. I, I'm very confident in my assumption in, in saying that those fish were every part of 1,200 to 1,300 long. Wow. You know, and, um, and they're uh, thick too, right? Like you know, when you look, yeah, those they're coming at you, they look like a torpedo. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, put a video. I'm not talking about these ones that Jan put a video. Up. This ha- This is this is another lot of fish, but a very similar situation to that. If people haven't seen it, yeah. Um, you know, like there was. I, I thought there was three fish. He, he reckons there was only two, but um. But, I mean, they're coming straight at me. Those guys weren't even watching it. Like we said in the podcast, we moved into shallow water to try and get out of the way of seeing fish so we could have lunch. Because every time we stopped, fish would come along and distract us, you know. And these things came through, fuck, man, shin-deep water at best, panther-deep water, you know. It was was crazy skinny water, and they were huge, eh? And, um, yeah. And and all I had on was, like, Sean's got this. This is the thing that spun me out the most about it. And I'm still answering your question because this is another thing that all – surprised me or something that amazed me and took me away was how small the flies were that these guys were throwing at them you know um i went there with a box of beasts and fucking hollow flies and huge poppers and shit like this thinking i know i know kingfish you know and um yeah um and sure i I hear that they eat those things and and there's there's a bit of a story in regards to some of those as well which are on the podcast which many people might have heard but the small fly was was a was bullshit you know i couldn't believe it um that one of those big free swimmers, the only one I, I hooked, but again, didn't keep button up, was on like a size six shrimp, you know? Uh-huh. 
the fuck is a fish that like you know is half the size of the boat we're in fucking you know looking at something like that wild like yeah. i i only think i can think of these big like that there's these little flies tarpon you know yeah and, right um, right can i ask too just i wasn't there but did they did these big smart fish with little flies did that also mean you had to have like a a very specific presentation like a very absolutely yeah, yeah you i noticed if anyone is going there if they're gonna go you know free ball it or whatever you know or even um fish with a guide i think it's important even when you're fishing with a guide depending on the level you're fishing out for me i like to i like to i like to repeat results okay so um it's not a matter of put this fly in front of the fish it's it's you know i learned and if you're going to go away and, and do this yourself i found that with kingfish and and there's probably people i mean fuck, i've only done it i was there for four days and two of those days were cloudy and one was ridiculous windy and rain conditions so i really only fished two days for him but in that time i um i found that a fly that was presented in front of them as opposed to coming in from the side of them or even like any like if, it, if you were like uh, a one eight if, if, if the cast was along that that same straight line but in front of them they were generally going to have a very good look at it or, or, or in most most cases pick it up but if you came out from, from the side or try to cross their path on the while it was on the bottom not talking about bait fish but while it was on while it was on the bottom yeah um you know if a ray rider might eat it you know because a ray, ray rider some of those fish are like they're doing a beat around the ray you know they're not sitting right on it most of, a lot of the time particularly if they're active so they might be you might be able to put a put a fly across that ray and pull it across the raised path, and there might already be a fish that's sort of in that path. If you know gotcha. what I'm saying, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, you're more likely to get and eat that way. But, um, but I think for those free swimmers, you, you know, you like you need to put a you need to put a cast in. That's that they won't reward a shit cast. You know, let's put it that way. Gotcha. gotcha. So another question I've got, right? Like sometimes you have a, a group of fish, um, and the more the more fish that are there, it's obviously the, the higher the competition for the flight. But in, in really intelligent fish's case, quite often it can be the opposite. You know, you see more more fish equals more eyes seeing, you know, what's up. Mm. You know, can actually work against you in the same way as, like, you know, sometimes if you're, you know, approaching a mob of deer or something like that, you know, mm. there's actually, even though there's a lot more to, to aim at, there's actually a lot more looking out for, you know, baddies. Um, yeah. Is that something that happens? Like, you spook one, you spook the whole school? Or? Look, uh, I would, well... A school, a school that I saw, none, I never saw any more than maybe four or five fish on a ray. Um, yeah. In in, in, a, in singles, packs of two or three. Oh, sorry, free swimmers, packs of two or three or one. Um, now, I'm going to answer your part of your question to answer the full question. I do think they're in, in fucking incredibly intelligent fish. You know, I think that they're, like some of the fish would come up and they would follow all the way to the boat and sit there and look at the boat and then swim around the bow of the boat and, and do a little daisy chain on the other side. Then go on the other side and do a little daisy chain. And you're trying to do these little T-Rex casts. Like, you know they're not going to eat, but, you, yeah. you know, like you, you kick yourself from not putting a fly in front of their face, you know? And it's uh, they're just smart and then they're, they're um, intelligent enough to, to know that you're not a shark or something like that, you know? Yeah, um, yeah they're pretty smart. Um, now, I, I, I don't know because I didn't... The only time I saw a single... Gian's got some footage of it. He took it on the drone. Um, so Gian's on the drone. He's got a he's got a jumper over his head, and he's um and so because he, he can't see the screen otherwise. And I'm yeah. driving electric mode. He's got foot. I don't know if he'll put it up. 
And I, like I chased this thing around trying to stay out of its way for ages and trying to get in that shot that I'm talking about. And it was getting away from me and I had no option but to put a shot across its path. Yeah. Put a cast in and you can see on the video there must have been a kahawai on the flat. I didn't see it at the time but I thought I spooked the fish but the fish saw another fish and just chased after it. Ooh. And um, yeah, that was the only chance I had it at like a proper single but it was a big fish too, you know. It's uh, yeah. What'd you say? <laughs> Sorry? What'd you say when that happened, mate? Oh, you can't be disappointed, man. It's it's awesome. Yeah. I, I love it. I, I Look, I, I don't like hurting them, you know, and, but, I, but I mean, I'll, I'll hook them and bring them in would be a great accomplishment and I don't like really dropping them. That big fish that I pinned and had on for maybe probably easier to call to call how long I had it for in, in length of backing out than time because it was all of three seconds, but it was like 100 metres of backing. It was so fucking fast. Wow. It was so fast. It was just surprisingly fast and surprisingly strong and um yeah um but that was epic like gian and 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 um dustin were like oh too bad man i'm like no nah, man that was fucking awesome because yeah. i tell you i i hooked that thing and went oh shit no i was on an eight weight <laughs> i yeah. really was not looking forward to pulling that thing in that's for sure was that, i bet you that made the shilton sing mate oh yeah the shit well the line cleared off so fast like it was like um Oh, it's hard to describe over audio, but my jaw was dropped. I didn't even get a chance to shut my mouth from the eat to the line cleared the floor to I'm looking at the, at the shield and just with like spinning like it's fucking, you know, off the yeah. back of a V8 engine, you know. It was, Jesus, it was, it was hammering fast. It was it was crazy. She showed no respect for it at all. But, yeah, I'm sure it would have controlled it, but we would have to chase it, no doubt. Yeah, they stopped fish. So here's the thing, man. Like, you've chased... Um You've chased long tails, they, the big ones in, in particular, they can really move. Yeah. Uh, flats, GTs, um, you know, in terms of like, you know, presence and speed and excitement, how does the big kingy on the flats compare to, to those? It's a good question, eh? I try, I try to compare them. I would, I was quicker to compare them to bonefish, right? right. Um, just because of the way they eat, like, you know, like their bellies on the bottom, their heart, their heart, they're surprisingly hard to see. I thought for something that had a green back like that, I was expecting to to, to stand at like dogs balls with a yellow tail and shit, but no, yeah. they're they're not they're not easy to see. Um, they eat this they eat a very similar way. Um, they're probably the fight's probably a little bit like GTs. Like sometimes GTs can hang around and shake their head before they realise they're hooked and they try to take off like a scalded cat. Yeah, king kings do that too. Like sometimes, um, like you're just saying to yourself, get on the fucking reel, you know, like hurry up and get on the reel. Like you're trying to bury that hook in to just to make it run, you know. Um, yeah. Um, I would say that they've probably got that stubbornness of a, of a long tail. Um, look, I have caught flats GTs, but I, I don't think I've caught enough to be able to compare them uh, directly to them. I would say I've caught plenty of GTs in that I would compare the strength to them for sure. I would say yeah. they're probably, Jesus, they, they could even be stronger than GTs, you know. For But I, I said that on the, long, on the last podcast, but I think on this one I would – be happy to admit that I, I don't think I've caught enough GTs to sort of um, make that fair comparison, but mm-hmm. caught a lot of bonefish and caught a lot of tuna. And um, and I would say, man, it's probably, you know what? I didn't realize it till now, but it's probably a fair comparison to, to almost call them a cross between a, a bonefish and a, and a tuna. Yeah, right. Cool. Hard, so hard. It's really hard to compare, compare, but it's not, even that's not a really fair comparison, but they're fast. But they're strong, you know. 
like yep. um, they, they, uh, the way you got to lift them around the boat like you got to you got to pull the line back you can't let the water go through their gills otherwise they'll just keep dogging you you know yeah that's a good um, advice with any fish man you know you yeah stop going forward you stop them you know but you can knock them fish. knock them over you know like like any fish yeah. as soon as they come up backwards and start gulping air like they're kind of fucked you know right right yeah yeah you know? um, uh -huh. and just just if you're listening dustin you just, you know, you just don't stand at the feet of the person with a nine-foot fly rod like that. Just, I'm just saying, mate. You know. <laughs> hang on, hang on. Am I getting the? <laughs> I'm getting the the uh, the impression here that you're giving someone else impre uh, advice about landing fish. Is that? Listen, I think anyone who's listening, if you're going to net someone's <laughs> fish with a fly rod, just remember that the fly rod is like nine foot long, and if you stand at their feet and you put like that net out in front of them, like they're about to piss in it, they're going to break their fucking rod. <laughs> You know, <laughs> oh, I love it. I you know what I'm it. saying? It's yeah, uh, just a bit of advice. I, I come across it heaps, and in the heat of the moment, where we're just about to land a fish that I really want to get in, uh, I might tend to bark that order. You know, yeah, I don't yeah. mean it. Yeah, fucking move the net, dude. Move mm -hmm. the fucking net. What are you doing? Stand yeah. over there. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't mean it. You know, it's just the heat of the moment. Yeah, yeah, I know. You got a little bit of a. Bit of an outburst, might might have had a bit bit of excess Christogen floating around, but no, nah, yeah. look, it's <laughs> no, nah, not not at all. I look, someone like uh, nothing happened, but I mean, Dustin's a very experienced um, fisher, you know, like it, um, and you know, definitely knows what he's doing with trout. Um, but um, yeah, like uh, <laughs> no, nah, nah, Dustin's a legend, man. He's um, yeah, <laughs> I can't I can't go too hard on him because he accused me of um. Of getting on the end of it too much with him on the last podcast and being too complimentary. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, <laughs> I can't be complimentary enough. I was stoked to that dude being there. Like, man, yeah. he, he, he sacrificed his own shots to get to get me on the shots when it was blowing a gale for line management. It was great. Legend. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, I'm only yeah. with the net. Yeah. It's uh, good. Serious at the same time. <laughs> One of the privileges of having a podcast is, <laughs> is, is being unfair to people. Um, but, but yeah. they can't stick up for us. <laughs> oh, I feel bad now. It feels like bullying. But oh, anyways, right. yeah, look, man. If, yeah, you, but anyway, look, feel free to contact Dustin. He's a good cunt. He'll be right. Yeah. So we nominated Kingfish as a great experience, man. You know, certainly one that you won't forget in a hurry. And you know, you've sold it to me. It sounds fantastic. I know. I know. Gian's put up some footage. I've seen some stuff that probably go up in the future or may not ever get up. But um, it looks fucking mouthwatering over there. Like, I know. What I mean. You know, it's uh, it looks fantastic. Now, um, tell me, did you get a shot at some tailing snappers, mate? Yep, yep. Yeah. I Talking only caught that. one, one yeah. skinny water snapper. But um, yeah. we, Tauranga um, Harbour is apparently not really well known for the tailing snappers. But um, uh, we went to some places where Gian hadn't been before, and I and I would imagine if Gian hasn't been there before, probably a lot of people haven't. You know. Uh -huh. I think, uh, let me put it this way, I, I've noticed that the people that fish that area have got a very different approach to people who fish tropical flats. Um, I, I'm not trying to be unfair in saying that. I think there's some things to be learned on both both parts. Yeah. Uh, but um, See, but these, the approach... Sorry? I'm just going to stop you there just before we go much further. I, I actually find these candid first impressions um, one, uh, some of the most valuable insights because they're, um, uh, you know, you, you actually learn a lot from them. So, you know, when I ask these questions, it might seem like questions from a simp, 
they're actually I'm, I'm trying to measure um you know what different different things and um yeah so yeah I'm, I'm really interested to hear what you've got to say about about the about the you know the the different um take-homes from each sort of field so let, let's go with that keep going um look there's not a great deal it's just when you start splitting hairs with um with you know like with um I, I, I have a fresh approach on the place never been there before so when i'm asked my opinion on maps what do you reckon and stuff it's um you know, I have to add things up of, of known behaviors of, of all fish that I've seen on the flat. So collective, rather, you know, if you will, rather, you know, rather than having any knowledge of kingfish or snapper, what, what they do. Yeah. But, but all fish, you know, like certain things, you know, first and foremost is safety, second food. And then, um, and then thirdly, I suppose the, the, the least amount of energy to, uh, acquire that food. And, um, there's certain flats that lend itself to that more than others. Right. Um, uh, you know, one of the most popular flats there would definitely fall under that category, definitely for sure. Um, yeah. But there are other flats there that don't look the same. They would also offer the same thing. Uh, now, when we when we sort of looked at the map together and had a look at that, you know, together, I can't emphasise that enough. Um, um, I'm just trying not to make it sound like I, I, I came in there and just said, you know, here's, here, you need to go here, dummies. You know, it was, you know, <laughs> it's um, Gian's, Gian and yeah. Dustin are very smart dudes, 100. percent but it was interesting to watch and share from each other our our, our experiences and, and and put that into some practice. And uh, we yeah we found some we went to some new flats that they'd never been to before. And yeah they um they um provided fish instantly. In fact, um, those big kingfish that we did on the video was a, was a new flat, um, and that's why you only saw part of the footage that was up there. So because um it, I don't think it does, but. I can understand that Gian wanted to predict predict that area and learn it more without pressure of anyone else there. And there was a little bit there that might have might have given something away. I don't think it does, but he he does, and that's his yeah. business. So yeah, 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 yeah. That learning mindset is so important. I love seeing that in a in a guide. You know, when they're um, you know, if they if you in general, if you ask a guide, you know, what what's they what are they going to do on this um, you know, this tide or this position, this this set, you know, certain scenario, um. You know, quite often, uh, well, the answer I want to hear is, you know, um, you know, I'd expect them to do this, but I'm not sure. Let's go find out, you know, or something like that. You know, and, and that learning mindset, or if they don't have no idea, then you know, the actual passion to find out. Mm. That, that is that is someone who never stops learning, um, you know, and that that's important. I like that. Yeah, that's one of the things we touched on. I don't know if you got that far in the podcast. We were talking about Gian's Re- record keeping. Uh huh. No. Did you? No. So every time, every time we catch a quarter of kingfish, yeah. there'd be a, a new mark on the on the on the sounder. He'd also get on his phone. He'd record in his like a, in his diary. He's got on his phone there the time of day, the tide, what it ate, direction it was moving. Uh, if we caught a fish, each fish was first and foremost kept in the net till everything was organised. Pull it out, tag it, measure it, record all the data, put it back in the net. Um, very quick with a photo, like. 20 seconds at best he won't let you dick around with it at all and then the fish is, the fish gets away you know um, yeah. the you know the the fish is the fish is out of the water for yeah maybe maybe 20 30 seconds total um it's probably only in captivity for less than a minute everything's everything's methodical it's like the, the fish is coming in before it's in the net gian's like i'm gonna tag this fish just let me do what i want to do with it and then we'll get get a photo for you sweet no worries well yeah. um, so yeah. he, his record keeping is incredible. And then like, uh, I, I was starting to quiz him about it 
because I was interested in it. I mean, I'm not after his lucky charms, so to speak, um, but I kind of felt like he was sort of, I kind of felt like I might have been imposing a little bit there. But after a while, I think he got sick of me asking. He goes, look, man, this is what I do. And he just brought out this <laughs> papers galore of, of, of charts and moons and wind and, and just incredible record keeping, hey, you know? I, I would love to, I'd, I mean, anyone could start that any time. I've tried to do record keeping like that, and it's just, I can't do it. It's a real discipline, eh? Yeah, well, it is. And, you know, I guess, I guess in his favour too, like being so young and, uh, you know, 10 years down the track, he's going to have an incredible database to call on, um, mm. you know, and, and that's fantastic. You know, the, the people that win from that are his clients. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, but, well, as you know, like this trip has been planned for a long time yeah. and and it was based on his diary entries you know like he he knew that it, it was at that that month on those tides that in in past years he had decent success it was worth the punt uh picking those times right, right strange year in new zealand though with the cyclone and they had didn't have much of a summer apparently oh, okay so that was that la nina sort of effect over there as well was it wet over there yeah i believe so um yeah, i mean the water was for for a place that has had a cyclone and, and flooding um, like a month or a month and a half earlier, the water was incredibly clean. Okay, right, right. It's an incredible ecosystem, Vols. Like, yeah. <laughs> it really is, eh? That that it's it's amazing. It just it's just amazing. I'm, I was blown away way by the. I don't want to say ecosystem. Let's just call it the whole system. I guess you could say, which is kind of the ecosystem. But um, it's just so clean. Like, there's just the things you notice that just. At this age, like you've seen some of your local systems change so much that uh, to watch something so 20 years ago, it looked like to me compared to like what I see in Queensland or around where I live. Um, so was there like lots of bait? Yeah, lots of bait. Yeah. You know, yeah, lots of, yeah, everything. The water's clear, it's heaps of bait. The Kahawai, you're driving past them. Like they're, they're not a species to sort of grin over, I suppose, in a way. I, I, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't really have that much of an interest in them. They, they, they were just too happy. They were, too, they were too happy to eat for me to really have an interest in them, you know? Um, I know how that sounds. I, I don't mean to sound that way, but they're just not a, they're not a, they're not a smart fish. <laughs> everything, everything you, like just about everything you threw at them on the flats, they ate. In fact, they would, if they would reward a shit cast, they would almost turn around to eat it, you know? Um, you know, it was, uh, I caught one small one, about 20 centimetres. I was just cruising along. I was just doing what you hate and just like roll casting the fly out in the water because I was bored. And yeah. um, it was just dapping, really. I was just going from one side of the boat to the other while I was talking to him. And one ate, ate a clouser as it hit the, hit the surface of the water. I was like, how the hell did they even have time to eat it? It was wild. Oh, so, wow. yeah. So that was right. I, got, I did get a car, a, 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 a pretty, well, they're all been my PBs. I'd never caught a Aussie salmon or a Kahawai before before that trip. They go pretty hard. Definitely yep. go hard, harder than I thought they did. Um, I caught one on a, on like a pretty big popper, which was pretty cool. It, um, it was a popper what I would have used for kingfish, which is way bigger than what they use over there. Um, yeah. Yeah. Again, coming back to the size of the flies was quite amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so. In terms of first impressions, right, we, we spoke about, you know, Snapper, we spoke about Kingfish. Mm. Um, the the bottom itself, was there, did it look like your typical sort of, uh, you know, flats fishery that you're familiar with? Or 
Yeah, in a way. I mean, it's different. I recognise the bottom being different um, well and truly. It's modelled, you know, like what I've seen, you know, short grass, grass beds, you know, in North Queensland. I get them, I've seen them around, you know, like local waters in Southeast Queensland. Um, you know, I don't know, I haven't seen stuff like that over in West Oz, but I haven't fished a lot of West Oz. But I mean, point is that, yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's no, it's not that unfamiliar in that, um, you know, the sand, the way the water flows and the, and the, and the, the vegetation around it. There's no rocks there. Um, it wasn't that foreign in that respect. The things that were foreign was just the things that live in the sand, things you'd go to look for, like the marine worms or the shellfish. Yeah. You know, all that sort of stuff was just a little bit foreign to me um, to look at. Just the small details that probably wasn't even worth bringing up in conversation. But I just, you know, been around those those sort of environments for so long, and just you can't help but notice the the differences in the small things like that. Exactly. Yeah. You try to you subconsciously even just compare and contrast to. Whatever yeah. your baseline is, you can't help it. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, it's just how it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah Walking right. through the bush was was cool. I like that as well. <laughs> you went on a bushwalk. Yeah, I had to, mate. You know, like uh, you know, it was a different time zone, so my body's getting used to things. So I had yeah. to um go off and fertilise New Zealand a couple of times, and um, <laughs> fertilise fertilise the long white cloud, so to speak. You know, um, gross. Yeah. Well, mate, we all do it. It has to be done. I mean, let me ask you a question. Do you eat food? Yeah. yeah. Then you then then you fertilise the country too, right? And and feed goannas from what I've heard. So um. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That was pretty gross. So, yeah. so I found myself like you know I had to walk off and, um you know into in, in a distance to have some privacy. You're just walking around this like long grass and you just can't help but look down. Going, this this is not this is the sort of area I need to be vigilant. Watch everything. Not walk aimlessly through it. And then you then you consciously tell yourself there's absolutely nothing here. And like every time I, I had to go, you know, I, I'm asking these boys, Are "You sure there's nothing in there? There's there's nothing in there like uh, that would hurt you or anything like that. There's nothing that I need to be mindful of or look out for and like that." And like, dude, there is nothing that will hurt you in this bushy. And I'm like, God, man, this is why New Zealanders are so proactive in in the, when they travel around the world because they've grown up without any fear of anything that can kill them in the bush. It's crazy. Yeah. It blows yeah, me away. Day. Yeah. Yeah, like in Australia, you got snakes, South Africa, where John's from, God knows what there. You got big cats, elephants, rhinos, hippos. What are they, mambas or mumbas? Black mumbas. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah. Fucking hell. Yeah. Yeah. They're telling me that apparently there's, um, there's a, there's, they've, they've discovered populations of redback spiders in the North Island that people have brought in from immigrating from Australia. That, um, but hopefully they don't take off there. Wow, yeah, yeah that's weird. Eh? I haven't seen a red back around our house in years. Touch wood, yeah. Uh, you still got them at your house, or what? I've never had them here, yeah, right. I think the Asian house geckos wiped them out, but anyways, I hope they have. I, I don't mind the they got them there too, have they? Yeah, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, man, New Zealand's excellent. It was, uh, it was really cool, yeah. Like I said, I wish you were there, mate. It would have been. I'm I'm giving a lot of people ask me was you know I'm giving quite the the rave review in regards to it and um, I can't I really can't offer any other side to it I was really blown away by it I really was you know I'm not like John and his family put me up they would have put you up as well obviously but uh, you know like you couldn't make it but um, I'm not I mean I'm super appreciative for that but you know 
I mean, people who know me, like you can see it from my shop. I talk about staying in my lane and credibility all the time. We talk about it on the podcast. I'm not looking to risk that. I think that anyone who went there would discover the same thing. Uh, and I really believe that anyone who's experienced in any sort of saltwater flats or skinny water fishery wouldn't be, uh, would not be disappointed to spend, you know, their, their trip somewhere like that um, in lieu of chasing any of the flat species we've got in Australia. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think that's a pretty. I think that's about as fair as I could possibly be, as fair and as unsensationalised as I could be about it. Yeah. Mhm. Mhm. Well, here's here's a question. Um, again, unscripted. Uh, the whole show's unscripted, bro. Like I know, I know but people are going <laughs> to haters are haters, right? So. Uh, look, man. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> so how excited would you be about going back? Oh, very, very excited. In fact, um. <laughs> made plans, have you? No, I haven't. But talk about hindsight, Harry. You know, like um, yeah. I I found I since I've been there, I've I've discovered all these little tiny sites and apps and websites that that offer deals to New Zealand, and I've since discovered flights commonly one third of what I actually paid. You know, yeah. to get yeah. there. Yep. What a fool. Damn. Yeah. Right. <laughs> But anyway, it is what it is, mate. I, yeah. I um I don't regret it for a second. It could have cost double, then I still would have had it would have, would have been great value for sure. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So um, and here's another question. You're going back. What uh, what are you packing next on? Like uh, what what sort of? Oh, a six weight for the for the snapper. You know. Yeah, yep. Yep. Yeah, yep. I think a six weight for a snapper. I mean, those snapper man, they go hard. They go really hard. You know they. Even the even like the average size ones, like they'll they'll get you on the reel or very close to it, depending on how much line you got on your on your ground. They tend to those small ones. They tend to get to a distance and then they sort of stop and shake their head and yeah. then they just they just bully their way back, you know. Um, like grim that they are, you know. Well, yeah. yeah. I, well, I mean, I guess they. Well, yeah. You you make you put a you get a brim, sixty centimeter brim. It's probably do the same thing, I guess. You know. Um, yeah. yeah. Think about New Zealand. Like in some ways, are you know sort of gifted blessed even if you if you fall you know go for that you yeah. know like they, they didn't get brim they didn't get whiting and they didn't get flathead and most importantly they didn't get bass you know so um, i think I, I, I actually said it to him dude i said you guys are so fucking lucky you don't have flathead here it would just ruin the day <laughs> <laughs> i put up a i put up a picture of a snapper today on there yeah. that was um that was on the first day it was overcast and yeah uh, we discussed, we did, like, it wasn't, John wasn't taking us to fish that snapper. We're actually, he's actually showing me some flats where he wanted to show me that, like, you can still fish these ray rise with the lights out. Uh, and, um, and we got distracted by a school of kahawai, uh, that was sort of just on the edge of the flat. And, um, I chucked the clouser out at them to just to catch one. And I got a knot in my line and my line sunk. And then I just started stripping in and then this feels different and pull it in. It was a snapper. That was the one I put the picture up of. I was like, oh, look at this, because I didn't know if I was going to get any more. That day, mate, we just pigged out on this snapper. They were in like one and a half meters of water on the edge of the flat. Just, I don't know what they were doing, just cruising the flat. Just, just, just a massive school. It was, it was so, between them and Silver Valley, it was, um, it was pretty fun, you know? Right. It's not, I mean, it's not the sort of fishing you, I mean, well, it might be the sort of fishing you go there for. If you're, if you're in a snapper or a snapper on fly, like, you wouldn't snap, turn your nose up to. It was pretty fun. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was um, 
that was yeah i can't remember what your, what your question was there oh what would i take different yeah, that, in that situation the six-way would have been great for sure right okay. yeah so and what about flies um you know it sounds like uh, you yeah. say that you you know you'd you'd sort of missed out on the take well you know you probably probably concentrated on the larger bait fish side of things yeah i did ignore so, yeah yeah i um I'd like to help Gian with a list for flies for sure, if you let me. Um, I spoke to him about it um, because I think that um, some of the translation to to what people would bring with him, I think he likes to su supply the flies. He's not doesn't spend a lot of time in explaining what people need to bring. But I said then there's going to be people like me that just aren't going to want to fish your stupid flies, you know. <laughs> As it turns out, I had the stupid flies, um, and <laughs> so <You're> brutal. <laughs> Oh, mate, no point in um, beating around the bush. Call a spade a spade. We're all friends here. It's no offence intended, you know. Um, anyway, um, so as far as flies, if I was going to pack them again, you know, like they call them piper flies, but garfish flies, but small, you know, small, like um, max size one, you know, size two even, you know, probably even size four would probably even be a good one too, you know, depending on the brand and model of hook. Um uh, cre those crease flies, because I think crease flies fish are probably the best popper to fish on an intermediate line. You know, um, yep. I don't think they work real well on a floating line, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't use them on a floating line. So I, I bought a deer hair popper because I like deer hair, but I also bought a gurgler which I didn't use. Um, the um, a, a, a crease fly I think would be a pretty appropriate fly there. The double barrel ones and stuff like that, I think that they're, I don't know, I don't, I, I don't think they're bait fishy enough. They're too, they're too bloopy. Um, um, but yeah, basically that sort of stuff and, and the shrimp flies, you know, like as, uh, like bonefish flies, you know, really more yeah. natural colored than uh, Christmas Island say, but, um, bonefish flies. Yeah. That's, How do they feel about fish. flash? You know, like, um, you know, in general, I try to minimize the flash on a flash fly, but what, what do you think over there? I don't, we're talking about kingfish, right? That's, I mean, that's what I've been referring to with fly selection just there because that's the main target. Uh, I mean, I've got thoughts on the snapper flies as well. Um, well, on snapper flies, I think I think blind clouses or or, um, or or small bendbacks, like blind like blind bendbacks. In that circumstance, I think, you know, a, a bendback like a, like a Chico, Chico Fernandez one that like might sink belly first would probably be probably be pretty good there. You don't want it bashing on the bottom and notice with a snapper, you know, like it's, um, they're not going to pick it up. They don't like it fast sink. They like it wafty, you know, from, you know what I'm saying? I've noticed. What do they Makes sense. Cockles. I, d I don't think chucking a, like a blind clouser or a bend back in there is, is imitating that it's, it's a reaction bite. Yep. Okay. You know, I, I should, I would have liked, look on the, on the end of the second last day, I decided to try and throw one of those mutineer crabs around the rays. Um, and I didn't, I only got two shots at it. And that was the first time I fished the mutineers. Like I, I fished them as in test them, but it's the first time I've actually fished them. Um, and although I had a three and a half gram crab on, they sw they sink a lot slower than the moon crabs. And I found that a little bit hard to get used to when they were move when the fish were moving fast. So uh, I had fish chase it like just follow it with it on their nose like when i was swimming it like a fleeing crab but they wouldn't commit to it um but the crabs in that in saying they got a good reaction those crabs did the shrimp flies obviously the gian's got a good reaction 
And and the other one that was interesting was the beast fly, which is a huge fly. Uh, yeah. We mentioned that on the podcast as well, but those big fish that you saw on the video, um, you know, after I had that shot, I had a bongo fly on that because I was, again, looking for a wafty fly, a fly that didn't sink down uh, for those fish on the flats. Um, I caught one. I wouldn't call it sight fishing. It was in about a metre of water. I, I knew it was there, but I couldn't tell which direction it was moving or I just knew there was a fish there. could see like a shape, so to speak, you know. Um, but uh, I didn't get a chance to fish that that one, that one for um, that fly for something that was, you know, up in like shin deep water. But I had it on for that reason. That's when those kingfish came over. Um, um, so, I, you know, I put that cast in with those fish, the one that you didn't see on film, um, uh, you know, they, 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 they didn't have a reaction. But then that second cast, I got the reaction. They followed all over the boat and it was just a clear and undeniable refusal. They weren't going to fucking eat it. So instead of just bombing them with that fly again, I said to Gian, because we were fishing like mates like that day. He just happened to be driving the drone at the time. Um, and I said, Put, get your fly, get your fly rigged up, whatever your favorite fly. And he, he started hitting them with that, um, shrimp fly of his and, no reaction from that as well or a similar they'd look at it then peel off again and then um because there was so much mullet up on that flat you know like that it was obvious that they were wanting the groceries so had to throw on something big and the obvious solution for that was the beast and chuck the beast on the first beast fly that they saw they just peeled off at a 90 degree direction and followed it all the way to the boat but just didn't eat it just sat double-handed strip with that with that um with that beast and they just put their nose on it and just kept up to it the whole way it was heart and throat stuff but they just wouldn't commit wow so later on we went down to the flat that a lot of people know about and so we fished the shrimp fly um i'd fish the shrimp fly and gian had my beast fly on and so i'd put the shrimp fly in to see if they'd eat that and if they refused that um the kingfish have got a habit of looking at it and then they'll look at it again with less enthusiasm and then they'll flat out just ignore it like it doesn't even exist after that um, so you got to make that first cast count, right? Like, exactly. Yep. Yep. And yep. even still, they'll still they could still turn the nose up at it. Like there's there's plenty of casts that myself or Gian put in that we would have like if it was as simple as making a good cast at the right time, that you would get a lot more fish. But even still, with that good cast put in, they're still gonna they could still easily turn their nose up to it for whatever reason. Yep. Um. So after they would after they would decide that it wasn't for them, Gian had put the um the beast the beast fly across the back of the ray. And just peel it in, and every fish would come off that ray and chase it all the way to the boat, you know. And some of those fish were like ha- like double the size of the beast fly. Like I'm thinking, how the hell do they even think they're going to eat that thing? But they were um, whether they're going to eat it or it was just curiosity because they're a smart fish. I don't know, but it, it definitely got their attention. I'm sure on some days they would eat it, you know. Yeah, yeah. Owen, who we've had on the show before, um, you know, he put up a quote. I had quite a comment, rather, I should say, um, under one of my comments to the video that Gian put up. You know, I said something like, I just, I can't believe they didn't eat. I honestly thought those big fish were going to eat that bongo fly. I really did. The way they were carrying on, they just, they followed it. It was just, it just, I just thought they were going to eat. Um, anyway, he just, he said, well, I can't really say, but I'm going to paraphrase him here, but he said, that's because they're kingfish, Chris. You know, like they're, um, They'll, some days they'll eat foam off the, off the top of the water. Some days they'll eat, you know, clouses. Some days they'll just eat stick baits that are carved by little men in the mountains in Japan. But some days they just don't eat at all. And no one knows why or how or why their mood is what they are. But, and I guess that's that must be a trait of kingfish everywhere, I suppose. 
Well, you know, if they're intelligent, it's, it's quite often the most intelligent fish are the moodiest, hey? So, yeah. It sort of, sort of makes, um, makes you wonder, hey? Yeah. 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 Ah, it would have been cool. I know people have caught them. Uh, I've seen people who've caught, you know, fish that are 1,200 on social media that live in the area. So I know they eat. And I got an eat for that one on that little shrimp fly. But so, but I, to go right back around to your original question there, what would make me go back? It's them. Yep. 100% them. Like, I would go there for a week for just to land one of those fish. That would be fucking epic. I, would, I honestly would. I would quantify my trip to success, spend a week there, not catch anything but that one 1200 to 1300 kingy up in knee deep water. That would be. That's that. I went there with the bucket list like, of catching a snapper in skinny water. That move over. Then now that that place is taken by <laughs> that big kingfish now for sure. <laughs> That's amazing. Cause I know you love catching brim. Yeah. Get over yourself, mate. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like um, someone put a uh, someone put a comment on my social media today saying, "Oh, you should, like Liam, his name is he." You should come down to South Australia and try the big brim, uh, big snapper down brim, big snapper down here. I mean, it's not really about the fish, dude. It's more about the way, like the situation they are where you catch them. You know, that's. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure there's probably reefs that you can catch those big kingfish out there and probably lose a lot of fly lines and break rods in the process. But it's catching those fish in the skinny water, um, you know, stalking those fish before they know you're there and having having enough control and calm with all that buck fever to be able to put that cast in a place that they don't see it land and they still see it is that's everything yeah yeah you're right that is mm. that is the essence of side fishing isn't it so like fishing is right fishing it's correct <laughs> <laughs> yeah, where'd i hit that yeah <laughs> yeah i made it up just then that big oh, yeah. deal yeah yeah i wouldn't ever think it dude very you know you know you should do a uh, sticker with that on there eh? <laughs> <laughs> perhaps Perhaps. Yeah. Probably not a bad idea. But, uh, yeah. Anyway, yeah. No, it's been pretty cool. Um, I went over there. I had to get some new sunnies uh, the other day. And yeah. I'll tell you what. I'll put, I'll put it out there to someone who might be listening. Last time I had them, I was in uh, North Queensland fishing with Rod Collings. So if anyone finds is fishing out there, finds a pair of um, tonic neons, uh, maybe they found them in the car park or they know someone, and they're identifiable because the uh, back of the earpiece snapped off as I tried to adjust them because they were too tight on my bulbous head one day. Um, <laughs> for sure, just keep them. But it'd be nice to know where they are. You can have them. I've already replaced them. <laughs> I couldn't. I couldn't go with that. I, I went to that. I went. I couldn't. I realised oh, they were missing before packing to head to New Zealand. And yeah. uh, but I still got. I still got. Um, uh, not not. I still got tonics, but I've got the green mirror lenses. That's um, and that's still alright for seeing stuff. But yeah, I, I really feel like I'm I'm at a loss without the neon. Say eh? for for yeah, sight fishing for sure. Sure. So what? I did wonder. You sorry, you're right. What did you wear? The tonics, uh, the green mirror lenses. Green mirror. Yeah, right. Yeah. 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 Um. So I don't know what those kingfish would have shown up with, shown up like with a bit of contrast. Uh-huh. You know, you know what was interesting, and I've done this before, without when there's not fish there, and I've just had notice when I'm not being paying attention. But Gian's must do must do it a lot because he was mindful of like Chris, look at me, turn your head on, turn your head on, on your side, and look that way. 
and I turn my head on my side with those polarized glasses, and then that whole area just lights up where you couldn't see because of glare previously. I'm like, oh, holy shit, yeah, I see that fish now. <laughs> Have you ever done that? Yeah, yeah. I actually had an argument online with a guy about this. He was a New Zealander. Oh, um, yeah. I haven't forgotten. But, yeah, he. Um, I had to point, point out to him that, you know, the polarization from Sunnies is sort of like at 90 degrees, you know, to, um, to effectively to the angle of the light. And normally on your sunnies, that's like straight up and down, right? Mm. So, uh, you know, as as the light changed during the day, due to the sun position, you actually got, you know, you got good results by tilting your head. And uh, he couldn't accept that, hey. And then, um, oh. yeah, I know. I said to him, well, can you let us, let us know where you've been fishing so I can go around and catch ones in the sea? <laughs> no, no, you'd think he would be generous and tell me where, but no, he didn't. Yeah. I'm definitely going to be using it a lot more. I, I found myself, my neck was starting to hurt. Like, it must have looked like a pair of drongos on the flats, just like anyone who was watching. <laughs> Both of us just got our heads tilted to one side, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, Back. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, it was super effective, eh? Yeah. Yeah. Super, super effective. But, uh, yeah, look, um, yeah. So, no, I'm, I'm, I'm back onto it now. I just... I don't think I could go back to, to side fishing without those. T- I, I really wonder, I think those kings probably would have shown up a bit better with those tonics, to be honest with you. Yeah, it's hard to beat the them. Neons, rather. I should say neons yeah. to be specific. Yep. Yeah, they're, uh, it's hard to beat those. They're pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. No, they really are, mate. It's um, it's kind of to, finally, we've got a year without the rain that's led up. So, um, for all of us in southeast Queensland, northern New South Wales, we're, we've got a good, uh, a good, Autumn, a good winter shaping up for our local um, shallow water fishery, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty pretty good. They reckon we're swinging back towards a um, El Nino effect, uh, well, weather pattern. So, you know, what's that mean? It's probably going to be a little bit warmer, a little bit drier. Uh, I noticed when that came through, like in the in the 2000s and stuff like that, that like things like the tuna drop off, you know? I think it's, um, you know, dr- like what they say, drought on land, drought in sea. When, yeah. that, when the... El Nino came back in, like, you know, there was comments, I didn't have a boat, like, that was capable of chasing, but, I mean, I kept, kept, um, when that, when that came back in, but, um, but, you know, I spent a lot of time, you know, with a boat that was appropriate through the times where it was, um, you know, through 2000s and late teens, early teens and stuff, but, I, you know, when that El, El Nino came back in, people were saying, look, this is the best tuna season we've seen in years, and, like, again, you know, drought on land, drought at sea, and vice versa. I wonder what it's going to be like when it comes back through. I know the impoundments are going to be cooking. Um, you know, places places that we're familiar with now that are sitting around 100% are very likely to drop below 50% if that happens again, and that makes some pretty awesome fishing. The bar impoundments, the fish are allowed to get big. There's some pluses and minuses, though. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Mm. Yeah, there won't be... Uh, a lot of the impoundments won't be overflowing, so... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. It's uh, but, fish. Yeah. yeah, but it's uh, you know some of the salt water could be could be impacted, that's for sure. Um, but you know during that time, God, I'm reluctant to say this, but I'll just say it anyway. But you know the 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 goldies came back on the flats around Harvey Bay during that time as well, and then they bailed. Yeah, general consensus of them bailing was sort of around uh, El Nino coming back, you know, like when it was, they were thick through La Nina. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, it, I mean, you take yourself back to the times when they were 
when so they weren't there through like you know late 90s early 2000s and stuff and then maybe 2003 2004 they started to pick up again they were there you know like till you know 2010 2011 then arguably like people weren't finding them again you know i say arguably because there's still fish there but not not in the usual haunts and not in as big a schools as they were is that is that sort of correlating with you uh look man i'd have to sit down and think about it. it's a bit left field for me i just sort of I'd sort of put it all down, um, their disappearance or apparent disappearance or, or lack of um, uh, abundance to um, professional netting. But uh, I'll stay out of that for now. Um, that's been well covered. But look, um, interesting, interesting observation. Did, did the um, Safa Kiwis have, have much of an insight into how that would affect, you know, their local fishery? Does Tauranga Harbour have that? Um, uh. We never spoke about it, dude. Like, I mean, those dudes are pretty young dudes. They're only in their early 20s, you know, so they would have been 10 when when last time that was on. So I don't know if they taught La Nina, El Nina in primary school, but um, yeah. <laughs> I don't think they were paying attention in uh, in the late 2000s, mate. In those, well, in those, uh, in that harbour, is there a, is there large streams coming in, like dumping lots of fresh water in or what? Yeah. Yep. Right. Yep. There is. So... If we were in um, um, El Nino, like hell, I mean, that's this has been going on for a long time. You're looking at 2011 floods, sort of thing. You know, it's been pretty much proper wet seasons this far down since then. So I don't know how it affects the weather in New Zealand. To be honest, I really don't keep my finger on the pulse there. But if you're going to look at the southern states of Australia, they get their wet through winter. And it's dry in summer. I don't know if that happens in New Zealand either, you know, but they just had a pretty wet summer. And we, we had a relatively dry summer in comparison, southeast Queensland compared to the previous years, I would say. Right, right. Particularly in comparison to 2002 and 2001, at least. They were super wet. Yeah, they were pretty wet, weren't they? Yeah. So it's hard to say, mate. I don't know, but you know, it's um, there's pluses and minuses, and I guess it's a matter of if you're old enough to reflect back on those times. I and mean, we've had those weather patterns before, and and repeat, repeat successful patterns. Yeah, it's true. It's true. You can't do anything about them. You just got to play with the cards you dealt. And um, you know, if if that's uh, if that's what's happening, you, there's no substitute for being out on the water. So you know, yeah, and. Uh, yeah, I'm sure it'll work out. Yeah, yeah, this exactly. Still got to eat, haven't they? So, yeah. Well, they, I think they just changed their, their I mean, literally, the gold is in, in Harvey Bay, for example. Like, I know it's a touchy subject for some people, and I'm just going to use an example without being direct about it. Um, there's still a lot of fish there. There's still a lot of fish, the goldies down deep, you know, the artificial reefs and the natural reefs. It's not, not unusual to see um, punters and charter operators jigging up golden trevally for sport because people don't generally eat them but those fish aren't in the areas that are desirable for fly fishermen um readily these days you know what the reason for that is is arguable but it seems to be cyclic because uh, i can remember um you know, I, I like that Quinney's Memorial Comp, for example, right? I, I won that one, that first one, because it was measured on the most memorable capture, and I was the only one to catch a Goldie on the flats all year there. And then the next year, they were thick as shit everywhere, you know? Everyone was catching them, you know? And then that continued for a number of years, and then it, then it fell off a bit. And that was the, there was a lull between, say, 
when the when when the um the Golden Valley Invitational Tournament, sort of that era, was on, when they were thick as shit everywhere, then they completely left. The general consensus was well, they're not on the flats anymore, and that was, you know, that was sort of happening when I was getting into fly fishing. You know, like um like it was what I was hearing, like back in the day, you know, when Wildfish was filmed, it was they were there, they're not there anymore. Then they come back. I don't know if you can think back that far. You remember that? But I, I, I definitely remember conversations along those lines. My, my point being that these, um, whether they, whether they correlate to these weather patterns or not, I can't say. But I would, I would wager that that it's a cyclic fashion. Whether it's older fish dying off and newer generations who are feel like they're discovering ground um, for the first time because they because the older generations have stayed away because of netting or fishing pressure or whatever you know what i mean like it's yeah. i mean uh, who knows i don't know it's all speculation but the fact of the matter is that i've been alive paying attention long enough to to see that those situations are cyclic so far in particular to that that scenario that i mentioned there right gotcha interesting yeah interesting yeah yeah um yeah uh, and you know, like uh, I mean, impoundments are a, a different scenario of lakes because they're locked. But you know, when those fish, when those fish are allowed, like the breeding programs are still putting fish in and they're not getting out, it just, I mean, the glory days of some of those, some of those times through the two thousands when it was drought, it was incredible. It was incredible. Like a wonga was in its heyday. That wonga was put on the map from after Cyclone Benny. I believe it was. Which I can't remember what year that was, but um, yeah, it didn't it didn't go it filled up and then it didn't go over again for like another twelve years or something. Right, yeah, that's true. Yeah, um, yeah, it was crazy. Mondrian as well. Mondrian has never bounced back since it started to flood in two thousand eleven. I mean, it's good, but it's not like it was. Yeah, Any examples. Yeah, yeah, that is one that has a reputation as uh, being quite a moody. What do they call it? Like misery. Uh, all barren pounds are Lake Misery. That one's just so close to Brisbane. There's more people calling it Lake Misery. Yeah, true. Right. <laughs> That's what I reckon. It's uh, yeah. But yeah, tough place. It is a tough place though. It's uh, it's not it's not stereotypical to be able to read. Like, well, there is a lot of places that could apply to being um worth it if you know what I'm saying at Lake Mondrian. Yep. Yep. Yeah. But anyway, looking forward looking forward to the uh, to the clear water. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah, that'll be uh, that'll be a bonus. That'll be a bonus. Eh? Yeah, yep, yep. So when's the uh, when's the soccer season up, mate? When's the grand finals in September and stuff, right? Uh, two, there's two competitions going. The Saturday one. Well, actually, no, I've got two kids playing on Saturdays now. Um, I don't know, man. I just have to apply for leave from the missus if I want to get out between now and September. Yeah. It's a good stuff. chance you probably won't, but I mean, like, spring's a pretty good time. If you're going to have, if you're going to have um, brownie points racked up, spring's not a bad time. Correct. Yep. Mm. Yep. Yep. Thinking of, um, thinking of designing some um, crab legs for um, the VGDC, mate. Well, that'd be great because you know. I'm only like... kidding. No, I'm not. Oh, oh okay. Oh. Unless, unless you can come with something, I just thought I, I expected a different reaction from you to be, and then being a positive. Actually, I thought what. Or something. <laughs> <laughs> no, man. No, I'm all for it. Hey, I, I think, you know, uh, anything you can do to, to bring a pattern forward, um, you know, would be would be fantastic. Um, uh, so, yeah, if, if you've got any ideas, I'd love to hear them, man, because um, I think one of the one of the shining points of uh, of that style of of Merkin is that um, 
it is pretty easy to throw and a part of that is because of the legs are so damn you know flexible and they sort of fold away you can you can strip them fast even and they you know sort of resemble a you know a blob of rubber and you know yeah. fibers and shit um you know that could be fishy looking could be shrimpy looking but you know it's stripping it's fast fish don't got to make it you know get much uh, chance to scrutinize it so mm. yeah um but yeah you're right i'd if i could you know maybe i'd I'd add bigger legs towards the front of the, like when I'd say the front, when I, to the towards the bend of the hook, um, you know, and and try to add a bit of hydrodynamic drag to that end of the fly, and a bit, of, you know, hold a bit of shape, um, you know, and so and maybe be a bit a bit thicker up that end because one, you know, one of the problems is you're using that those medium round rubber rubber legs and they're the same sort of thickness the whole way along, you know, really the only way you can express taper in the legs is just by the length mm. so yeah um, you know yeah, so you're right yeah so you know if that I'd, I'd welcome some ideas there you know and if, if you've uh if you've got some something in mind mate let, let's workshop it eh? be well, so I'd, I'd love to put pen to paper in in that you know it's um you know one of the things i'm i'm, I'm really enjoying with these legs you know, like I'll, I'll admit, like when I when I first started to bring them in with Streamart in the in the early days, I thought they'd be good, but I didn't think they'd have. I didn't understand the impact they'd have on my own mindset for fly design. Yeah. The 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 addition to be able to control. I mean, geez, this is as you you mentioned the word, and it's been a bit of a joke word on the podcast because I've talked about it so much with, with game changes and shit. Is the ability to, to use to, to have that product to control the hydrodynamics of what you want that thing to do, and for a, a fly in general, being a crab fly, that you want it to do specific things, being no twisting, landing hook point up, being easy to yep. cast. Like they have been very interesting to to work with, you know, and 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 to work with, and and these new designs, having the hindsight to talk to people like yourself or. You know, guys like Al or, or PD or, or or even Deacon over there who's got heaps of input from Xmouth over there, and you know, yeah. um, you know, and even even the even the failures. There's people that I have now that say oh, I can't get those gas crabs to to swim properly, and the conversations you have with them is like, what's happening? What are you doing? And there always seems to be a solution, but they're um, you know, like it's it's interesting. You should say it like m most recently, right? Like um, there's been a lot of crabs lease going to the US. Um, from from Australia, you know, and uh, from from us, and recently I made it have that adaptation due to demand. Probably no other way to put it to um, the strong arm merkin, and um, and I got nothing but admiration and respect for, and I I'm, I'm hoping I pronounced the dude's name right, Dave Skok or Skoke. Um, I believe it's Skoke. Skoke is it? Yeah, right. yeah, but I've heard it pronounced Skoke. I should have done my research before mentioning him on the show, but again, a very unscripted show. But okay, well, Dave Skokes, um, strong arm Merkin, you know, like, and when we had Dustin Huff on, uh, you know, like, uh, there's, there's elements of that podcast that's still ringing my head. Um, um, but one of the things what, that I found fascinating, and I found that I, I didn't at the time apply to crab flies, but I applied it to other flies that I tie, was the principles of. Or the architecture if you like of that crab fly and the way it works and i've seen it bastardized so many times but the guys that fish it well over in the keys for where it was in, intended to be used fish it keep it a very specific way they might change the size and the color but the other principles are the same and um there's an article by nathaniel linfield 
uh, I can't remember the name of the magazine, but you you know you would just have to Google strong arm Merkin and you'll see it in there. And he talks about Art Lydia's yarn being uh, being the most productive, where they put EP fibers in it and it didn't work. And he didn't expand on that further. But I mean, for those that are aficionados in in fly design, by that they understand the materials that they choose to use and the principles of them. Aunt Lydia's yarn is a polypropylene and EP is a nylon. Nylon is heavier than water, it doesn't float. Propylene, uh, polypropylene is. Polypropylene is just like, and I'm sure that Aunt Lydia's yarn is a, probably a byproduct of the carpet industry. You know, like carpet's polypropylene. It's a very cheap, cheap fiber, but it's uh, got a specific gravity less than water. That, and the fact that they're using the smallest bee chain eyes going, um, and the drag of all the 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 saddle, oh, the the um the hen saddle and stuff in there, but the way that Dustin was like adamant that the claw needs to be tied around that bend, um, just the same way the Gavs crab works really that the legs need to be pulled up because the way and the way Gavs describes it, it's the difference between pushing an umbrella one way through the water and the other opposite way. Or I've said to people like you get a cup, an empty cup, and you try to push it to the bottom open end first, it's going to want to flip over. Yep. That's um that's the same thing that happens with the strong arm merkin with the gavs crab, and and like you know if you wanted to put legs on the um, on the VGDC, I mean you could ensure 100 percent through the um, through design that those hydrodynamics would would work to make that fly improve it, it the consistency of it doing what you want it to do because even some merkins like you said like uh, the VGDC or even Dell's merkin stuff like they can be tied in ways with material selection or what have you. That will 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 lend itself to it not doing what it's desired to do, right? Yep. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. So it's um you know, that being involved with the design of those legs, and I would still call it a team effort because there's not one set of legs that I uh, will put you know pen to paper with to start off with without um, input from from people in that area. You know, like uh, um, the moon crab redesign of the moon crab was pretty easy in that you know having fished them myself and having been so close having close relationships with people that have done it yeah there's guys in the in the u.s um oh god i'm gonna butcher his name let's just call him john he lives in florida there he supplies a lot of the shops to commercial tire there you know he was he I was working with him in consultation he's mates with dave skoke apparently and um, um johnny king? no not johnny king johnny king lives in new york doesn't he it's, oh, it's east coast He's, I'm pretty sure he's a striper guy, right? I mean, he's up around that area, does all the yeah, jazz did, festivals and stuff. Yeah, he did the kinky muddler. Yeah. Amongst other things, yeah. So. Yeah. No, this guy's a flats guy, he calls himself on Instagram. But um, oh, Okay, yeah, yeah. I follow that dude. Yeah. Yeah. John Antig- Antigulo or something, I think his name is. But um, anyway, he, he, he lives down in Florida. And, uh, you know, so he's, um, you know, that's been done in consultation with him and yeah, it's been been pretty good. There's a lot. There's a lot that got over there. I don't, I'm pretty sure no one would have got them yet to fish, and they're still quite new, but pretty cool. Um, yeah. And again, nothing but respect for the the original design. Like I can't emphasize enough that uh, you know this this is an alternative to because the way that Dave Skoke sets up that that chenille crab. I don't know if you've ever seen it, but they set it in resin so so much resin that it's so stiff that it it doesn't move. Like they need it to be stiff and not move and so and keel perfectly. Otherwise, the fly twists. And I think that this material that making the crab legs out of all the claw for the strong arm offers a real advantage like that because it's so thin and it, it offers that to, to blade keel all the way down, um, as well as being able to fold up on the eat 
like I, I I purposely design it with um really thin membrane articulations there. So if something eats it, it doesn't really get in the way to stop the hook, like the whole fly from getting in. It just folds up, right. and it'll just go back into place. But if you set if you set that claw with resin, I don't mean to dis. I'm not I'm not disrespecting the pad. I'm not even going to say I don't mean to because I'm not. This is an alternative to that because sometimes the resin might break. You might have to reset it at home, whereas yeah. that that fly could be used on the water straight away. Yep, yep. Yeah, it's so much more than the all those crabs are so much more than the realism from it. So, you know, if there's something you think that's that's missing with the VGDC, I mean, who right. who, who better to nominate that than the, the V right. and the VGDC? Well, this this sort of didn't. I mean, again, unscripted. All right, you said so, that. That's I think that's number one, four. One of the people, one of the most common, let's say, complaints or, or what people um, have the most trouble with, particularly you know first timers, um, is or they or they just plain get wrong is is having the angle of the claws, um, which in you know this is just a uh, you know two pairs of or, you know three pairs if you're good enough um, uh, of hackles for the claws, but. You know, if we take that out of the equation and had something far more durable, far more realistic, we could actually add, like, say, say similar to your scope thing, but make them like a, um, make them a double act and add, you know, probably 60, 80, 90 degrees to each other. Mm -hmm. And and then, okay, so that, that'd be part of it. That'd be the front. And the, if you had the first set of legs um, as a, um, as like the the back piece, if, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So... So what, like, what you'd like end up with, paddles. sort of like that, yeah. But that, if you could have that, like, and and have them slightly standing up. So the front half of the the fly is either standing up, and and those those claws displayed out in defensive sort of crab pattern posture. Mm -hmm. It sinks to the bottom. That that all that adds drag to the front. It lands right way up. Um, but you also have the ability still to tie the, you know, the X wrap or even the, I prefer to do the V wrap as I spoke about. Mm. On, um, uh, to lock in the fibers, you have the, the the benefit of the flexibility of the fibers. Still have that castability. You see, sacrifice a little bit of the castability with the um, with uh, you know with those leg and claws set up. But um, I think it'd be pretty interesting, man. I'd be I'd be mm. love to see what you could do with. It. It'd be great. When you do the V wrap, right? Yeah. Like you, it's not really a V wrap, is it? Like you tie once on the side of the shank and then you wrap it over the other side and then tie it on the other side of the shank, right? Yeah, yeah, that's how you should do it. I actually, um, I, I know the guy doesn't tie anymore, but I I did it one way, and then and then uh, Johnny Maycomb sort of started doing it, and he like because he's you know tied commercial flies, and yeah, commercial. It doesn't he he naturally found a you know a rounder wheel or a better mousetrap, and yeah, he he just wrapped it down the side of the shank and rather than on top. So I was sort of like I'd tie it on top and add an angle, and then fold it over, and then do. I'd have to show you in a video. Like, no, I've seen it. I fucking hate it. Uh, and I'm yeah. just realizing as you're saying it, like V-style, because every other fly that you tie in V-style, like a 3D minnow or um, or a, or a uh, bush pig or something like that, you know? Like you're, yep. Um, yep. you know, you're, you're tying the material in and you're not wrapping it around the shank. You're tying it back on itself. And I just realized you could do a VGD. So, and as you're saying, I'm thinking of variegated colors. You could easily do that. Like it's, that's that's how mate, Jono did it, right? Is that what you're yeah, saying? Man. Yeah, 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 that's it. Gotcha. That's why it looks so neat and consistent. I wonder if Andy did them like that too. Like, I must be the only idiot doing them how you do. <laughs> so, so, yeah, but with, with the way, you know, what we're talking about, you still have the benefit of, of the you know, the flexible material, the water sort of flowing over it or it bending away when you're casting it. 
Mm. Um, so yeah, I don't know, man. It, it, it might be worth a look. Um, and you know, permit fishermen can't have enough crabs in a box, eh? Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, like you could tie it. You could, I mean, with the legs, you could still tie it merkin style if that's easy, like X wrap it on. Um, yeah. You know, There's like with that. There's nothing wrong. The V wrap's probably a little bit more chew proof, like. Um, you know, without the use of adhesives, because a lot of lot of gun permit fishermen, you know, are a bit shy to put adhesives on for whatever reason. It may or may not be bullshit, but someone along the way, you know, said, "Well, these things have got sort of hypersensors. Don't put, you know, don't put uh, adhesives or paint or anything like that on them." Cause yeah. They it. But I just, man, if they're getting that good a look at it, they're, they're not going to miss that big fucking hook hanging out of it, are they? Like a big lump of steel to pin them in the top of the head. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, that that's exactly right. That, that was one of the um, you know, the 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 sell, like the you know advantages that like you're trying to think of. I was thinking with John, like you know, like we brought up the same thing uh, in regards to the the claw for the strong arm because yep. you know that's a big thing in in the keys. The dudes because the pressure, dudes aren't using any glue at all. Like they'll sacrifice one fly for one fish. If it falls apart after that fish gets eaten, it's done its job. Yeah, you know, yeah. for that same reason, but um. You know, setting up the chenille claw with all that resin, it has to be done. You can't avoid the strong arm without the resin, you know, unfortunately. But with yep. that, with the um, with the claw, you know, that we make uh, here, like it could easily, you could easily avoid that. You don't need it at all. Yep, that's right. Yeah, it's like a like a flat wing. That's the, that was the, what I sort of took away from it. Flat wings, flat wings are made without without glue or adhesive as well. You know, they can look a bit. To someone who's like likes it like a night a nice minimalist thread wrap, um, flat wings can be a bit confronting, but it's that it's that huge cone of thread that's on them is what keeps the materials there and makes them durable without the glue, and yeah. people do that for the same reason. Plus, um, covering the covering the feathers the stems of the feathers with that much thread ensures that they stay straight as well in part, but um, but also also ensures good purchase to the materials without adhesive as well. Yeah. I mean, flat wings, flat wings, and crab flies have been around for a fucking long time. And there's been a lot of developments in adhesives, in particular things like uh, liquid fusion, like that you assemble the fly with on the vise. It dries aerobically. It's it's single pack. It's it's um, you know, I'm not trying to advertise it. I mean, you can you can use liquid fusion is just a single pack urethane. If you can find it outside of that brand, fucking fill your boots, you know. But um, but essentially, it's um, you know, it will dry completely odorless. Um, and flexible and and the adhesion is excellent and it actually cures moisture cures from moisture in the atmosphere so the longer it stays wet the the more more um effective the glue is okay okay and does it rehydrate it can't rehydrate um just the just the um just the nature of um of that moisture cure it's um it's beyond my explanation right now but from what i understand like unlike ice um cyanoacrylates like super glue they can't rehydrate cyanoacrylate doesn't doesn't use moisture to cure it's it's in a purely aerobic um cure and um and water can actually doesn't doesn't rehydrate it breaks the bond it's gotcha. a better way to put it okay so here's another question for you then does uh does liquid fusion shrink as it dries yeah it does so that, so, that helps lock things in a bit too but, well you know. Yeah. I use it to assemble. So if I if I'm a I like a minimalist thread wrap on my flies. For example, um, the Angry Adams, right? You know, um, uh, kind of kind of become a little bit of a platform for what people consider to be Benbacks this 
this day and age because yeah. it was a, it was around since before social media you know but uh, anyway um with that you know people who bought the video would know that that what separates that from a deceiver is that i tie that as a high tie you know all the all the way along so i've got a very small amount of shank to use a lot of bucktail on again uh-huh. for, for the for a very specific reason um and so if i'm going to tie on like something that's going to be half the size of a hb pencil if i don't have the adhesion in it it's very likely that um that you could pull the center of the clump of bucktail out which would then loosen everything so if you're just going to use like thread cement whether it's um exactly yeah i know what you mean yeah, you can't like, lose that that keystone you know like you if you lose the center of that bunch of bucktail, it gone. just compromises everything. Then, you exactly. Know? So above I, it, below it, right next to it, whatever, it's gone. Fuck. Exactly. Yeah. So I I used to use um head cement, but it was like the smelly stuff, you know, the stuff that would yeah make you see spots, you know, um yeah. with that. And I would almost I would dip the butts in the bottle and then tie it on, so I'd be like binding a book, so to speak, oh, you know, like the page. Yep. Yeah. But now I use liquid fusion. And it's um and it's it's great. You can get it on your hands, get it on your fingers. It doesn't drip. It's it's penetrates it, properly. Yeah. Put it on your sandwiches. It's great. You know. Oh yeah, yeah, cool. What's it taste like? Uh, glue. Yeah. <laughs> so, so here's one for you, man. Like, like liquid fusion. <laughs> <laughs> when I was uh, when I was at uni, um, well, I was living at mum and dad's, and my whole life was out of this one bedroom. Right, I tied flies in there, studied in there, I did everything in there. You know what I mean? Watched movies. Um, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I did that games. It was you know yep. big games and that shit. Yeah, but get um, crafting. No, uh, no, I didn't get crafting, man. I'm not into that shit. Yeah, puff paint on t-shirts. Yeah, puff favorite paint band. Pretty, pretty big. Yeah, I'm yeah, getting I, a picture, uh, man. I'm with you. Yeah, yeah. I was used to you know knock off the Stussy symbol on shirts with puff paint. <laughs> it was good. Put right mastodon on there with yeah. puffy paint. <laughs> 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 yeah, Dinosaur Jr. They were great. Yeah. Oh, God, I feel I feel depressed just hearing that name. Oh yeah, I used to listen to this radio station. It was so good. Triple there J. we go. Yeah, Jays. We could just call it the Jays. It was so good. You anyway. look like someone who listens to Triple J to me. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got a mate who's an aging hippie. He thinks he's a fucking musical, you know, lyrical miracle. I'm not going to name. Lyrical you. miracle. Yeah, but he loves the Jays. Yeah, he's a, God. anyways, bloody lefty. Anyway, so um, so anyway, um, I lived in this room, and I, you know, I'd tie flies, and I bought, um, lashed out. There's a product called Soft Dip. Right? Oh yeah, I'm, sure, I'm happy talking about it because I'm sure it's not on the market anymore. It, it, um, it's Soft Tex. You're thinking of Soft Tex. Soft Tex. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Is it still yeah. around? It is, but you can't, you can't import it anymore. It's because it's so volatile. It's, it's a no fly. It has to come by sea. Ah, yeah. Well, there you go. So oh, it's potentially libelous, but anyway, it's my fault. I left, I left the lid slightly ajar, right? I left mm-hmm. the the lid slightly ajar off the jar, and um, and that shit, man. Like, it's just, just I got a headache. It just the, the room smelled <laughs> like toluene because that was a solvent. This headache. I couldn't figure out why this headache just wouldn't go away. I was trying to study and anyway, then I then I was reading the 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 label on the on the on the soft soft text, and I was like, holy shit! You know, this thing could make me grow an extra nut or something. You know, like told you in. Yeah, it sort of scared me the the warning on it. I'm like, god damn. So yeah, threw it out. Never used it. Let me 
Let me yeah. tell you a story, dude. So, it was one summer, like it was late, and yeah. um, I used to use Softex for um, setting candies. And and one day I had to like do a heap of loops, and I was making candies and stuff. And and I just happened to put some music on, and I played, I played, I left the lid off the lift. Like you, you just remind me, of, I left the lid off as well. And I played um, uh, Houses of the Holy by Led Zeppelin on on my record. It was a forty five, and I put it on seventy eight speed. And that 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 fumes was in the room it was getting so bad, and and the record kept playing. I then I didn't pay attention to the speed, and then after a while, man, I, I just saw God. I wonder where you're going with this. I thought, oh yeah, this is this is going to be how we listen to Kylie Minogue. But nah, yeah, he- dude, I um I I worked out the problems of the universe, and yeah, oh. man, yeah, the Cheshire yeah. Cat came in for a bit, and we hung out, and we you know, we put loops on. He showed me how he did it. It was cool. Yeah, were you hungry yeah. afterwards? Nah, man. <laughs> no, I wasn't. I had a headache. I I, um, I woke up in the hospital. <laughs> oh, really? That bad? Yeah, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't wake up in hospital. Yeah. Well, when I say hospital, I'm talking about Mother Nature's hospital. I was in the river, um, up to my chest, just um, just chilling out, and and the band Led Zeppelin was with me at the time. It was it was cool. And I said, Robert, um, how do you do loops, bro? What? You should ask Jimmy, man. Everyone knows Jimmy was a fly fisherman. Yeah. Robert Page couldn't cast. Everyone knew that. Robert yeah. Robert Page is that a combination of Jimmy Page and Robert Plant? <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm me. surprised I didn't see Jimmy Jimmy Page. Uh, <laughs> Jimmy Plant. <laughs> oh man, yeah. Jimmy Carr on guitar. He was great. Yeah. <laughs> 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 So it's a toluene in that, was it? That, that Tol- makes... Toluene, yeah. I'm pretty toluene. sure it's a sol- solvent. Yeah. Google, I'm going to Google it now. I'm going to do a Jamie. It's a, a, toluene is used in um, prep for um, for paints and, and adhesives as well. Yeah, um, right. It's a it's a PVC solvent. It's like they'll they'll use it in um, like PVC cement as a as a prep. Right. You know, it's um yeah it's like yeah for for yeah anyway yeah Google it, mate. Check it out, Jamie. Studies in workers and animals exposed to toluene generally indicate that God. is huh. not carcinogenic. It's is not. it? But here we go. Is it toxic to humans? Toluene is irritating your skin, eyes, and respiratory tract. In case it can cause uh, systemic toxicity by ingestion or inhalation and is slowly absorbed through the skin. The most common route of exposure is via inhalation. Common side effects include listening to Kylie Minogue. There you go. No. Talking to talking to talking to Jimmy Plant, <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy Plant oh, and Jimmy Giggle. And Jimmy Giggle. Exposure to toluene can cause eye, nose irritation, tiredness, confusion, euphoria, dizziness, headache, dilated pupils, tears, anxiety, muscle fatigue, insomnia, nerve damage, inflammation of the skin, liver, and kidney damage. Wow, hmm. that's like listening to uh, our podcast. But anyways. Let's yeah. um, let's leave that there. <laughs> <laughs> you got to look after yourself, folks. Try and yeah. try and try and educate yourself. Boom yeah. shanker. Boom shanker. You know yeah. what that is? No, I was on Triple J. I didn't listen to it. Did you, uh, did you never watch the young ones as you grew up? No, Neil from the young ones gave me the shit. So Neil's the one who said it. Boom shanker. Yeah. May the seeds of your loin be fruitful in the belly of your woman, man. Wow. Yeah. yeah. It's sage advice, isn't it? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one, eh? 
It is a good one. Uh, people who are Young Ones fans would understand what I'm saying. You don't because, you know, Jimmy Page. Actually, dude, just, uh, I don't know whether this is cool or not, but just go Google image, boom, shanker. And... Oh, I've never done that. No, do it, Ed. It's, I'm going to uh, do it. It's uh, it's an eye-opener. There's um, Neil on there? No, there's a website. It's a plus-size lingerie for ladies. <laughs> <laughs> Sick. Yeah. That's right. Maybe yeah. don't. Maybe can't. I don't know. But oh, man. If you're in Google Image, you'll see Neil from the other ones. Boom Shank. It says it right there. Okay, cool. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. Don't shop it. Yeah. So, anyway. Yeah. That was a weird, buddy. So yeah. weird that our podcast would go off the rails like that. Never yeah. happens. Nah. Never. Never, never ever happens, man. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Okay. So, yeah. That's what I reckon. So you're going back to New Zealand. You're going to take a six weight for the snapper. Would you change anything for the kingies, mate? Would you? Would you uh, go up to a nine weight? Would you try a bigger reel to, you know, increase your retrieve? Rate? I think it. I'd, I'd probably pack a ten weight just for the beast fly. I'd love. I'd. Yeah. I tell you, that would be the ultimate for me to catch. I said to Jarman, he was casting that thing around. I said, I'm going to be so jealous if you get one to eat that man. I really will be. He's like, why? I said, just put it down. <laughs> and he didn't put it down. He'd ignore yeah, it. Right. Um, but yeah, to catch to catch a kingfish on a on a beast fly to feed one like that would be such a fucking epic eat. It'd be so cool. Um, so for that, I'd probably keep the ten weight there. But I think majority, man, I you could you could fish an eight weight there everywhere the whole time. If you're gonna one rod to rule them all, it'd be the eight weight for sure. Floating line. Nah, I fish the compact intermediate over there every, uh-huh. for everything, everything including like um. Uh, I put a I, because it was cold water. I had the compact. I run the Cortland lines through and through. It. Uh, I had the compact float on for that big deer hair popper. Um, uh, I couldn't think it. Man, I couldn't think. There's situations where you're, you're fishing, like Gian would invite you to fish this headland where a pressure wave was up there, and he said sometimes kingies will just be cruising here, and it's 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 in the. It's in the lee of the sun early in the morning, for lack of a bit. It's in the shade, right? So you can't see fish. You might see a bow wave or something like that. But he said that you know, while we're waiting for some of these flats, let's just have a cast around here, you know? Um, so I was casting the, like a, that deer hair popper. I put it up on my page. It's pretty big. But that, yeah. compact, that, that, that compact float was such a great line for covering water, like just blind casting like 80, 90 feet with that popper. It was cool. Um, minimal false cast, just covering water. But the compact compact intermediate for most of the stuff if i was going to stick to just sight fishing it'd be it'd be the compact intermediate for sure yeah sure yeah i think um maybe the snapper on the flats probably would be better with a floating line in hindsight i reckon because um you know like the the one that the one that i put a picture up of like you know if you look close enough of it i cut the lead eyes off it like i just snapped them off i got some side cars and cut them off because it was too heavy and that's what it ate Really? Okay. Yeah. If I had my if I had my way, like my first introduction to the Benbacks was um, my first trip to Christmas Island. Like I was a um, little bit of a side story. I'll get to my point. But I was I was booked with a, guy, a group of guys to head up to Weeper for the mothership up there on back then the Manta Ray, and they all pulled the pin to go to Christmas Island, and um, and um, and Gav Platts came around to my house and we tied flies and um, and just to pump through a heap of them. He floated the idea of these calf tail bendbacks on like these number tiny little number four hooks, and 
and I fished some of those things. Like, no eyes, I'm just just a wing of calf tail. That's all it was. And I fished some of like that flat, that go like hell flat. Um, you may or may not remember it. People also may or may not remember, but it's a really shallow flat that's got really chunky coral on it. And every other fly with, with eyes on it, like dumbbell eyes, would, would hang up on it, get caught in the coral, and you'd drag a piece of coral and spook the fish. Um, I think yep. if I had a fly like that for the snapper, like that thing, that that thing would have kicked ass. Would have just would have just been absolutely perfect for that scenario. Yep. Yep. You know, it's very different to the angry atoms. Like it, well, that that style of bend back, you know, but um, probably more along. I think, I think the original bend back uh, by Chico Fernandez, which I believe, for the best of my knowledge of research, and he was the either originator of the bend back fly, um, was originally a bonefish fly of a similar similar way no eyes at the front it sunk belly first and it was to cruise through like um grass turtle grass right right uh i i think it was adapted as a bass fly for like it was more accepted as a bass fly before it went back as a saltwater fly and then um then other flies like i think flip pallet came up with a fly called a prince of tides which is very similar to the the bend back deceiver i don't know when that ties in with lefty's bend back deceiver um probably pretty similar time i would imagine but um yeah all right well here's here's a question right did if chico was the first did was he bending his hooks up i would imagine you have to have been you know yeah all right then then what did um in the same vein what what did bob clouser's um what did he use for the first clouser eyes oh there i've heard this man what he used i i'm, I'm pretty sure it was b chain because b chain's been around for a long time you know, for like, really, yeah, probably went, yeah. hey, probably went to a really bank. Just ripped off a pen. <laughs> <laughs> I think they were filling. Actually, I think I've heard that they were filling B chain with like lead or something. God, okay, that's that's a bit of history I need to need to brush up on. Was it was it the was it the old big biro from the ANZ or, or yeah that black pen that never worked from uh, you know post offices and 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 banks everywhere yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> look I could be I could be wrong but I'm I'm pretty sure I'm fairly sure that they were filling B chain with lead or something heavy to make the B chain heavier. That's crazy. It's, it's it's funny how these flies, you know, some of the early early flies um, originated. Like apparently the McVeigh's gotcha. Have you heard this story? Yeah. No, no, I haven't heard the story. Oh, I might have, but go. Yeah, yeah this guy was uh, he caught a um, he caught a plane to the Caribbean to go bone fishing, and and on the way from the airport to the um, to the lodges in a cab, and the um, the cab had this tan looking ratty old carpet. He reached down. He's fucked. That'd make a great bonefish fly wing. And um, yeah, he raided the carpet of this of this cab. Apparently, that's what oh really? Yeah, I haven't heard that. Yeah, I could have it all wrong. So I'll, someone who know, actually knows it could just be me speaking BS, like Tollyweed. Just um, <laughs> just sort of let us know. I'd love to hear it. Just shoot me a message. I'm not too proud to be wrong. Just say, hey man, you got it wrong. It wasn't McVeigh's gotcha. It was this or something like that. But yeah. Oh. Yeah, yeah, along the same lines, mate. If I say something wrong on here and, and I could be educated on it and you know indefinitely, let me know for sure. Okay. Sure, man. Yeah. 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 I don't want to hear your crazy conspiracy theories that, um, you know, that, you know, our fly tie was put here from aliens and, um, and, and yeah, who knows, mate? Something about tinfoil hats. But, you know, I mean, 
Yeah. Everyone knows if you fly tires, you're going to be cray-cray, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah. 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 They're all like leprechauns, you know? Like, you're not going to get my lucky charms, you know? Like, they all got secrets and they're all cagey at people ripping them off. And I talk like I'm not one, but, um, but I talk from experience. Yeah, I got you. I got you. Just, it's because everyone's ripping each other off. Ideas just a fucking wild west out there, you know. Yeah, you know while we're spitballing and brainstorming, right? I was I was checking out this um, this surf uh, surf brand. So you remember Rusty? It's probably an old one. It's probably no. Never yeah. heard of it. Yeah, Rusty Surf. Anyway, they've got this program at the moment. Make your own like some something steel or something. Is it? No, it's not steel, man. It's ferric oxide. That's what rust is. Anyway, right. so, yeah, Google it. Iron yeah. oxide, you mean, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's a pleb, pleb explanation. Are you telling yeah. me that you could have said iron oxide because the majority of people understand it, but you put yourself up on that higher level of benthic strata and, and flex some dentition with ionic oxide? What do you say? Ferronic oxide? Ferric. Yeah. Ferric. Yeah, Ferric yeah. Bueller's day off. <laughs> Ferric Bueller, very photosynthetic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Continue, please, Ferris. Yeah. So. Um, uh yeah this this uh rusty surf you got this thing at the moment where you can make your own t-shirt and and rusty's trademark was that uh was that r you know like for for rusty like the pirate saying yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and you can put your name in it like you know chris would be you know ch and then that rusty r oh yes or something like that so you know i'd, I'd like to I'd challenge people to to well as I don't challenge people; it'd be up to you. But you know, I'd like to see what people could could do on a make your own sort of uh, Iron Chef sort of way with uh, maybe your crab legs or something like that. Take take the VGDC to a, a new level with with your own uh, take on a few of these things, man. It'd be cool. Hey, I'd put that out there, and I would encourage people if they've got a design that they that that's burning in their heart, reach out for sure. Yeah. But I will say along the same lines, please be thick-skinned to hear criticism if uh if there's a practical argument for the against right yeah you know um but what don't be sure well i'm you... just saying that that some people got dumb ideas that's yeah. all i'm saying that's um, true you know, don't don't be don't be offended if if chris don't want to drive you know up a go up a dead dead end if you know what i mean or you know someone yeah. already navigated that before but yeah it'd be interesting to hear i, I think you know, we've always, um, you know, we provide this podcast for free under the, under the understanding that, you know, like um, a rising tide lifts all ships, um, and you know that's that's always been our goal is to help people level up and connect. Um, but yeah, like a, you know, let's let's see what people can do. I guess that'd be interesting. Yeah, I've I've always invited and encouraged encouraged that. You know, like uh, I would, yeah, yeah for sure. It, it, the the invitation is open forever, yeah. um, but at the same time. You know, there's, there's, you've got to understand that there's going to be ideas that potentially have been floated, excuse me, before. And, um, yeah, like, I mean, as long as you come in with a, with a like, you know, re refusal of ideas is not something to be taken personally. Um, if you only knew how many times I personally fucked up with most of my designs to, uh, to get to what you see, um, I've spoken about it with game changers, for example, like the pile of shit sandwiches that I've got sitting here that didn't work before getting to something like the slow water game changer or something like that you don't see that on social media so you know that's part of the design process if uh, part of being a designer no one no one hits the golf ball cleanly in their first shot you know what i'm saying i do yeah yep yep golf is a game best played by people i told you in 
<laughs> Golf's fake, dude. I, I, I saw it on a documentary the other day that, you know, uh, uh, the, the whole idea of golf, like a, a game that goes for six to eight hours that you got to travel to another another postcode to play with, with, with a change of clothes, it's just designed for men to cheat on their missus. <laughs> That's all golf is. It's, it's conspiracy. Wow, man. That's deep. That's uh, cynical, too. Actually, I, I must admit, I, I actually ripped off Quagmire from Family Guy when I said that. That's what uh, he said. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, that guy's a modern philosopher. <laughs> yeah, he, you know? yeah, he is. Yeah, I'm yeah. a big fan of Quagmire. He's okay. great. Yeah, he's good, eh? Yeah. yeah, reminds me a lot of you, actually, that dude. Oh, really? Right. Uh, just in some ways, you know. Um, yeah. He, yeah, you got massive shoulders and he's got a massive chin. You know, it's things like that. <laughs> Elephant fighters in the chin, has he? Yeah, yeah. It's crazy, <laughs> man. Wow. Yeah. 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 No man, it's uh yeah, look it, yeah, that, that's a good point, Volta you put out there and um Quagmire. Yeah. I've never been called Quagmire. Someone called me something insulting the other day. What was it? Voltsmeyer. No, yeah. no, it was, it was um Oh fuck, what was it? Swaldemort. Yeah. <laughs> I, I feel like I feel like no, like his listeners will long time listeners will know right now, right? That they will know that, that in the early days Volte <laughs> did bring up they had a penchant for uh for the Harry Potter uh, yeah. franchise, right? Yeah. And he does fancy himself as quite the Arnold Schwarzenegger. So it seems to me, you're like, um, someone called me something that was quite offensive the other day. Um, what was it again? And you're probably pulling out your palm cards and you're going, Swaldemort, because, uh, uh, I because I'm so huge. I am musty. Nah, nah, that wasn't that. Because <laughs> he's bald, you know? Uh, like, yeah. <laughs> Go check it out. Yeah, like a, a Voldemort. Yeah. Hey, where's the Swaldemort thing? What's the swell? Like swollen, mate. You know? What's Just swollen? Having a, having a go on my gut. You know? Oh. <laughs> like a swollen Voldemort. <laughs> uh-huh. yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> it's pretty savage. Do, do we know this? I mean, you know this person. Do I know this person? I bet I do. I've got a feeling I know we, who it is. Yeah, yeah, you'd know him. He's, um... You'd know him by his, the nickname that I refer to him at. He doesn't, he doesn't even fish. Um, he, uh, you'd know him as Pool Chair. So yeah, right. Okay, <laughs> that's that's very clever from Pool Chair, man. That's for sure. Yeah, <laughs> I'd imagine there would have been some workshopping going on with that dude and his friends for that one. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, um, so what's uh, what have we got on? <laughs> I can't believe I showed a weakness. That's against the script, man. Don't worry, man. Yeah. We, we we show weakness by by pressing the devil button every week, mate. That's so yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm sort of proud of that. You know, when um, part of the part of the thing I was looking forward to with with the um, with the podcast was was overcoming, confronting some of these uh, these fears and and sensitivities face on. And there you go. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. I understand. Yeah. I think all that's left to do now is to put up a collage of photos from, you know, your late teens to early 20s to just really flex. Yeah. No, what do you think? Yeah. I'll, I'll get on to your missus and see if she can supply those photos. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> i got a feeling that I'd be quite successful given half the chance. I think that um, I think that she'd get good value out of it as well. But, hey, we'll just yeah. save that for another day. We'll, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Get more blindside going on with that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I absolutely yeah. think so. 
Uh, all right, so mate, coming up to the tail end of the show, right? And um, yeah, and I want to express to listeners that don't give up on us yet. We've got some bloody great guests lined up. Um, we've got some guests that are that are coming up that we've um, we've been trying to. As it gets a bit further on, like you know, there's been guests that we've approached in the early days. Um, several of them. This is not for one in particular. That have um, that have sort of, eh, but you know, we, we we just keep wearing them down, and, and we're really excited to get them to get them eventually coming on, and we've got a couple of those guests coming up, that's for sure. I, I wonder if it's worth putting out to people like um, we get a good reaction to special subject, yes, podcasts. We do locations and how tos. Seriously, guys, like if you're up to the podcast at this point, it means that you're you're a hardcore Swaldemort, right? And it's um. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we call our listeners, <laughs> the, the Swaldemorts. <laughs> now, uh, if you are, and like, you know, you've probably listened to a lot of shows, l- let us, like, you know, it's sometimes hard for, for my, myself and Volts to sort of get together and, because and, we're, we're really interested in talking to people and getting their aspect on, on things, but um, we've noticed in the in the downloads and what what's what's trending and stuff from our downloads is that you guys like us talking about something specific, uh, whether it could be learning or or or, or fly lines, fun enough, and um, or rods or whatever. But if there's something uh, like a, even part of a journey, like how do you read water, or I don't know, maybe that's a bit of a squirrely one. But uh, I don't know. I'm just trying to put it out there. We, as you can tell, we can't think of anything right now, but we realise it's important to you. And which would mean it's important to us. And if there's anything like that, please let us know. In fact, we encourage it and we're asking for it. Please let us know. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good point. Best good time point. to contact is Volti, 2 a.m. No, yeah, not going to do it. Yeah, I'll, gi- I'll give you, I'll put the phone number up. Um, yeah. yeah. Consider it your personal hotline. <laughs> yeah. If that doesn't work, just Facebook, um, FaceTime, like uh, uh, like you can call him on Instagram as well, Voltsy underscore fly fishing. Uh, <laughs> just get on there, <clears throat> make a call. Happy yeah. Day. yeah, 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 yeah. Well, what do you say we put a ribbon on this show, buddy? A ribbon? Yeah, about- wrap it up. <laughs> I was going to say, what about some wrapping paper on this puppy? You know? <laughs> yeah, everywhere yeah. we get the Christmas paper out, mate, and um put this one under the tree hey yeah mate yep yep all right that uh that's a one cliche too far for me i got nothing left there so you, you don't need yeah. to mate just stay down you're right you're right, right. Cool. it's gonna look better right now rightio and to all the east uh, the easters all the listeners out there um have, have a have a great break for easter maybe listen to this podcast twice um maybe three times even do us a favor you know Hit download, delete your cookies, hit it again. Get your mum to do it, your sister to do it, the family barbecue. Get all your friends to do it. Um, you know, and uh, yeah, that'd be great. Thank you. Maybe you could dilute those um, those haters that think they're being anonymous, who we actually know who they are, by by uh, leaving us a positive comment on iTunes. Even that'd be great. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> a good one. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Oh, I'm oh, sorry. Hang on. I think I think we're meant to be reacting to those haters a lot sadder, Vols. Oh, you you bastards. Yeah. <laughs> it's really affecting me. Um anyway, let's get out of here, eh? Right, mate. See you later, dude. Right, man. Boom shanker, hey? <laughs> You're such a young one. Yeah. <laughs> All right.
Oh, hang on. Here we go.